0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. The Indians don't play today, so we have a few options on how to handle the show, and since I'm the one who talks at you guys, we're going to dive into the minors. It's been a little bit since we had a good dive, long, deep dive on the minors. Some players have moved around, some players have been promoted. Uh, We'll just stare at the lower minors and kind of work our way up and see how far we get, and whatever teams we don't hit, we'll hit later in the week on the show as mentioned, the Indians don't play tonight, but there is a big game for the Indians this evening. Um, I know the game that you're thinking about, and that has to be the Kansas City Royals versus the Baltimore Orioles um, to see who is the worst team in baseball. Uh, currently, the Royals are winning 5-3. to three. Um, I don't think it's really a surprise that the Orioles are the worst team in baseball. Um Yeah, you know, back-to-back number one overall picks. Worked out pretty well for the Nationals, though they didn't quite cash in, I think, as much as they would have liked. Uh, Worked out really well for the Houston Astros. So it's it's a good record for future success. But in all honesty, um, there's a few games today that do matter right now in the top of the seventh. The Mariners are beating the Rays. It's a bit of a surprise because the Mariners have been going in one direction, the Rays in the opposite. That is, of course, good news for the Indians. And let's see, the Twins are currently losing to the White Sox. Another good surprise uh, for the Indians, especially because it's not like it's Giolito out there for the White Sox, who's uh, pitched quite well this year. It's Ivanova, who is currently 42. That game is only in the fourth, so plenty of time. I would probably still favor the Twins in that, even down two at this point in the going. But the Rays game definitely favors the Indians. So as mentioned before, we're gonna start at the lowest levels of the minors. Um, and if you're thinking, oh, we're gonna start with Arizona. No, I don't. Statistically, there's really not much to gain from Arizona. Um, I don't even look at those numbers. I'll be perfectly honest. It's something I scan and move on. So when we go down to Mahoning Valley, Again, this is a really interesting squad. But there's a lot of guys who I think have disappointed. Uh, You know, Raynell Delgado and Brian Roccoio were the really interesting up-the-middle tandem. I mean, Roccoio was top three in some places uh, for the Indian system heading into this season. Delgado was borderline top ten. And, um, I mean, they're walking some. Delgado's striking out a lot. Uh, Roccoio's just not making enough contact. Um, and there's not much power there. It's it's a bad combination. He looks, I mean, he's very young. I'm not going to say he looks like anything because who knows what he could develop into. It's, you know, is he going to end up looking more like a Jose Ramirez, for instance, is a, you know, young up the middle shortstop who developed? Or is he more like Alexis Pantejo, who's basically utility infielder for the rubber Ducks? Time will tell. Uh, other players of note down there. So I'm going to make sure that when I look at the roster that I'm lining guys up. Because I like to look at the roster while looking at the stats on Baseball Cube. Um, I mean, the big name prospect is George Valera. He's cooled off a bit. Um, Still walking at a great rate. Still hitting for power. Uh, Doubles are a little bit low. I mean, it's not like they're terribly low. But with his home run power, you expect a few more doubles. He's looking like... Uh, you know he's a bat first prospect. I know he's spent some. He's mostly played center field this year, but he is a bat first prospect. Who I think, especially as he fills in, is going to be moving towards first base in his future. Um, Corey Holland is another guy I've talked about a lot of times. Who was a, a big money guy on day three. He struggled. Brian Lavastida is. <sighs> One of the most interesting bats at this level. I would put him second to Valera. Just with Valera, we we're all waiting to see Valera and Roccoyo were the, the two big names. But La Vestita is should be making you take notice. Uh, the Indians catching depth in the minors is pretty terrible. Outside Eric Haas, there's no one that really stands out as a potential uh, future catcher. It's just backups galore and minor league backups at that. La Bastida is 20 years of age, might have turned 21 by now, started the season at 20 years of age. He has walked almost as much as he struck out. He's walking over 10% of the time, a bat pip over 400, which again, in these lower levels, is po- signs of positive contact skills. He's hitting 355, 425 on base, 500 slugging while playing catcher. I mean, these are phenomenal numbers. He is going to be someone that just from a statistical point of view, it's. I, <laughs> I'm going to start pushing towards considering him a top 20 prospect. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Positional value, production. And then when you look at indicators, the profile future success, I mean, he checks almost all the boxes. So, I mean, right now he's the number two prospect uh, hitting-wise on this roster to me. End of story. Number two. Um, I'm just not as high. I know there's people who think I'm insane with that, but... You know, you look for specific indicators, and he is doing that. Uh, the only other bat I really want to mention, Jonathan Rodriguez. Been in the system a few years, still really young. Uh, he's starting to play better. So just just a name to keep in mind. Pitching staff. Uh, Carlos Vargas is improving. Uh, still not great. Still not missing uh, bats like I'd like. Liam Jenkins still struggling with command. Um hunter gaddis has been promoted up there hasn't really done much yet it's it's pitching wise it's gotten a lot less interesting with due to promotions um we see that uh you know hankins has been moved up and matthew turner has been moved up daniel espino is down there um which is pretty aggressive for the indians to already have espino down there um he I don't see any pitch data from him so while he has been added to that roster, it does not look like he has appeared in a game yet, so we'll have to keep our eyes uh, open and focused on that. Oh no, there he is. I'm sorry, I lied. <laughs> three innings pitched uh nine strikeouts or I'm sorry nine strikeouts per nine, three walks per nine. Uh, end of the day, it was one game, th- one start, three innings, gave up two runs on three hits, a home run, and he struck out three. Uh, very young for the level, but again, his stuff is advanced for the level. He's uh, he's an odd prospect from that regard. There is a high risk there, and I've stated before, I think he's probably going to sooner rather than later end up having arm surgery just because it's such a... Um, high stress delivery, but, and he's not going to add much. He's not a big guy. So it's kind of like you're just refining him and seeing how quickly he can get to the majors. So it's, it's a little surprise just because they, they kept Torres and Hankins back a year ago, but uh, Espino is probably more advanced than they were at the same time a year ago. So yeah, those are that's that's Moaning Valley in a nutshell. Um, you know, I've been kind of doing like top fives, at least top five most interesting prospects down there. Um, at, at this point, it goes Valera, Espino, Vestida. and then I would go with Roccoio and Vargas or not Vargas and uh, Delgado. I'm not as high on Vargas. I never really have been as high on Vargas. He would come in uh, at six. Um, right now for the uh if i was doing rankings i do think it's interesting will brennan has also got the promotion uh specifically drafted as a two-way player but so far he is not pitching but uh yeah i mean there's it's a really interesting roster but it's one that has definitely been hurt by promotions and moving uh speaking of things that are moving postmates is a service that's going to move things to you it's going to get you what you need um doesn't matter when doesn't matter where uh, you open up that postmates app and they will get you what you need it's, it could be groceries it could be wine it could be painkillers if you're not feeling well postmates is a lifesaver remember you download that app you're going to get a hundred free dollars in deliveries for those first seven days um, today was my first day of work at a new school i didn't want to go out so i used postmates I just pulled open the app. I looked at what was in my area, and I placed my order. And they brought it to me. So, you go into the app. You're going to use that promo code locked on, and for seven days, you can get up to a hundred dollars in free deliveries. So, take advantage of it. Try to maximize that uh, those free deliveries. Locked on in the app, Postmates. I used it today. I'll speak for it. It's good. Okay, so we finished off Mahoning Valley, which now means it is time for us to go down to Lake County. Lake County has been a team with a lot of movement this year, Um, a lot of players going up and down, um, transitioning through. It has not been a a place that a lot of guys have logged a lot of time in. Um, For instance, the guy with the fourth most uh, at bats or fourth fourth most games played, Ruben Cartagenas, who was uh, traded in the Hunter Wood-Christian uh, Arroyo deal back in July. I mean, you go down six most is Ty Freeman, and he was promoted a while ago. Quentin Holmes actually leads it in games played, and whew, it's, it's ugly. I mean, there's not really a redeeming stat for Quentin Holmes. Um, if you want to look at indicators, uh, he fails pretty much every single indicator, Uh, stat. I mean, I get he has been young and that's probably the only area that's a saving grace and he's toolsy, but he's striking out 37% of the time and he doesn't have power. He's walking under 10%. Uh, he's hitting 186, 258 on base, 290 slugging. He has blazing speed, but his bat pip is only 293. It should be higher with that type of speed in the lower minors. Um, yeah, it's ugly. I mean, he is a non prospect for me at this point. Uh, sometimes they turn around, but I'm Quentin Holmes has officially hit non prospect level. The number two guy in games played is Bo Naylor. Uh, he had a really rough start to the year, but he has just incrementally gotten better. He's now up to a 248 average, a 323 on base, a 421 slugging. His bat pip is over 300. He's walking 10% of the time, striking out 24% of the time double digits in home runs and doubles. He's even got seven stolen bases. Um, he's just a solid, solid, steady improver. You're looking at a, a, you know, we typically look at Canadian prospects as a little more rare or rare, a little more raw, to be honest. So you have this Canadian prospect who is playing catcher, which again, considered a raw position. He still is just 19 years of age, and he's been in low A all year, and he's he- holding his own. That's impressive. Um, b- he gets forgotten a bit because he has stayed at one place. You know, there hasn't been the headlines of when he's moved up or having like a monster game, but he's steadily improving at, you know, this catcher position. I don't know if he's going to stay there long term. You know, that's kind of the. Uh, but I. I Naylor even in the last section you know and I said oh well there's Haas and there's Levestita and there's nothing else well there's Bo Naylor he's still a catching prospect and even I was forgetting about him um, just in the last segment he kind of slides under the radar but don't be like me don't forget about him this is a guy who is you want steady improvement performance relative to level there's a lot of reasons to be really high on Bo Naylor I think his value has gone up this year um Jose Fermin it was a top 20 prospect for me entering the season, and now he is in everyone's top 20 list. Uh, you know a year ago, I liked the 12 percent walk rate, right? nearly 13 that he walked more than he struck out He's a 19 year old kid in Mahoning Valley more than holding his own um, He's moved up to low a. And his o- OPS is actually lower this year than last year, so he's not doing that as well because he's not walking as much. But his strikeout uh, and walk rate still walking more, than he strikes out. Showing a, a little more power this year, hitting for a higher average, but um, lower walk percentage. So it all bounces through. But he is he's legitimately with another year, um, kind of galvanized himself in those top twenty prospect discussions. He is a name to pay attention to, much like Naylor, a little bit underrated right now. As we continue to look at this Lake County team, um, you know, Raynan El Delgado, is, this is where he actually is now. Look at that. I had messed that up as I was looking through things. So uh, with Delgado being on this team, I guess uh, Carlos Vargas does make the top five for Mohanning Valley. Uh, Jonathan Engelman, someone I've been paying a lot of attention to. Uh, he was really raw, really, really raw coming out of Michigan relative to, uh, most college bats. So while he's 22, um, you know, he's, his, uh, strikeout percentage is 18%. Walk rate is 9%. He's been okay. Not great, but there's still a lot of physical tools there. Um, more than likely a minor league fourth outfielder. We'll have to see what, uh, what time reveals, but, uh, I was hoping for better production from him at this level. Pitching-wise, it's it's kind of ugly. So we'll get Nathan Hankins in a second. Raymond Burgos has been hurt on the disabled list for a while. He's missing time. Luis Oviedo on the disabled list, missing time. Shane McCarthy just recently got activated, so that's someone to look at. Kellen Roll has had some uh, interesting uh, production as a lefty. Uh, another one of those sidearm guys. And Matt Turner as a... Uh, you know, 11th round pick, one of those guys that is a priority draft pick on day three that they went over slot to sign. So let's dive into those names. Uh, Ovieda really struggled this year, was a top 10 prospect. Most places, myself included, not there now. And he won't be, I don't think anywhere. Uh, he struck out a ton of guys and didn't walk anyone last year. And this year he's striking out some guys and he's walking more. Um, it's not great. Kellen Roll, so I mentioned this before, 26 games, 45 innings, uh, 13 strikeouts per nine to 5.4 walks. So the walk rate is a concern and he is old for the level at 23, but it's a really interesting delivery. He could be a loogie. He is being used as a full inning reliever right now. um, And that is, I think limiting the effectiveness of these numbers. Um, Specifically, specifically, specifically kind of as a future Oliver Perez type, I think that is what you want with Kellen Roll. So keep your eye on him for that role. Um, When he is not facing, you know, righties, those numbers are all going to get better. Uh, Cody Morris got promoted. Raymond Burgos, just those eight starts. He looks so good in those eight starts, so it's a shame to see him go go down with injury. Uh, Turner isn't missing bats in his six starts since promoted, but he's still performing well because he's not hurting himself with walks or home runs. Um, looking like your prototypical back-end safe arm. Uh, Ethan Hankins has had uh, two starts, just nine innings. Not a whole lot to get from that, except for uh, his control problems kind of spiked in those two starts. No one could hit his stuff, but his stuff wasn't really around the zone. Uh, top five prospects for the level, most interesting guys. For me right now, Bo Naylor would be one. Hankins would be two. I'd probably say for Fermin at three. And uh, see, this is where it gets interesting because it's uh, with the, I'm not going to count the guys who are on the, the disabled list. So uh, I don't get to, I don't get to use Burgos. I don't get to use Ovieta. Um, a lot of guys are on that list. Uh, so, I probably at this point, as I just go through, I mean, Delgado would be four in his limited time, and Kellen Roll might be fifth um, over Matt Turner, just because I think Roll has a a clearer um, progression to the majors as that Loogie Turner is more of a back end arm who it's very fringy, but Roll, I do think, is a very likely future major league pitcher um, just because of how effective he's going to be against left-handers. So there we go. We did not get uh, a chance to go up to Lake County or we did Lake County. We did not get a chance to go up to Lynchburg. Um, I do want to talk about Will Benson real quick though, because his name still comes up a lot and he had a great start while repeating low A and I don't have a lot of faith in, uh, repetitious numbers. Guys repeating level, we see them perform really well. It's a common theme. If they take and build on it, then you can get excited. Will Benson's name hasn't come up much because since he's gone to high A Lynchburg, he's hitting 178, the 289 on base, a 310 slugging, and a five ninety nine OPS. He's striking out thirty two percent of the time. He is walking 13.5%. Um is at bats per home run. That was 12 at-bats per home run in Lake County. He is now at uh, 43 at-bats per home run in Lynchburg. So, I mean, the wheels have completely fallen off the wagon. The bat pip went from 340 to 260. And that's just the case. I mean, he is young for the level. That is kind of your saving grace. He is so toolsy. He is a great kid by all accounts. But... I did not like that draft pick because the hardest thing to develop is hit tool. It's the thing we miss on all the time. You go back and you look at hit tool and, you know, Tyler Naquin had the best hit tool in his draft class by almost every report. Bradley Zimmer was considered to have the best hit tool amongst college guys. And uh, it's just categorically not the case with either of those guys as they progress to the minors. We have a hard time evaluating hit tool. Uh, we have a heart it's it 's often more about how pretty a swing is than how good an approach is, and it 's more of an artistic than a factual so hit tool is hard to develop it 's hard to identify it 's really hard in general that 's what 's going to trip up someone like will Benson and that is why I had such reservations with that Benson pick because at the end of the day I mean you could watch a video where in one at bat his he was tra- changing how he was, his approach as a hitter, his stance, everything was just uh, four to five times in an at bat. Like you had to completely rework his hit tool um, and then hope he would develop. Uh, the Indians did their part. They reworked the hit tool. Again, he's a great kid. He did that part too, but he just doesn't have the eye at the plate. He just does not have that. He swings through way too much. And this is... The Indians' front office is spectacular. Their scouting staff is extremely dynamic. But when you look at those Holmes and Benson picks back-to-back and you want to know why the Indians have instead focused on taking pitchers early with high ceiling, it's it's the missing. It's Benson and Holmes and how bad they missed on those two picks. Those guys are both pretty much non-prospects at this point in my eye. Um, They're never going to come out and say that. But Will Benson's going to start next year in Lynchburg again. He's going to repeat a level for the second year in a row. Um, While the guy taking the second round, Nolan Jones is going to eventually hit the majors next year. Benson may not hit double A next year. Um, Quentin Holmes again has been an out and out disaster. And that's what you got to look at. Why have the Indians adapted and changed? Why have they started to like trade for other teams, prospects like a Mercado in the upper uh, minors? Because at that point, it's easier to evaluate the hit tool on a, a player. And, you know, they kind of have an idea about what they're getting into. Why do they go out and make the trades they did for a Fran Mill Reyes? Well, he's a developed major leaguer. The Indians are really good at developing arms. They are fantastic at that. Um, they're taking some big risks, but it's because I think they, they know they can swing for the fences and still develop a certain type of pitcher that... I don't want to say that Shane Bieber class because he is something entirely different. His evolution as a pitcher is like much like a Clevenger. But more of like that, they can make the Savals, they can make the acts those solid back-end arms, um, so they can swing for the fences. And it's not necessarily how I approach uh, evaluation, but I get why they do it. And if you want to know why all of a sudden a team that hadn't drafted a pitcher in the first with their first overall uh, prep pitcher with the first pick in a draft since Dan Denham... Uh, nearly 20 years ago and why they've done it in back-to-back years. It's Will Benson, Quentin Holmes, and uh, those two struggles across the lower minors. I want to thank everyone for listening to tuning in uh, every week. Uh, you guys are what keeps this show going. That uh, White Sox-Twins game is now in the sixth. The White Sox are still winning, so fingers crossed. Uh, could be two games back before tomorrow's game. Um We'll hit the other three uh, minor league teams this week. We will discuss them. I still have some more uh, audio files from my time down in Akron. Those will work their way in as well. Um, Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.